Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America Wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. 106 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. I'm at the home office. Brendan's at the 630 Chad Studios, and Oilers Now is brought to you by Digitex, who wish you and yours all the best during these uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. In this hour and 17 seconds time, Brian Burke, for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication and solar. Uh, Brian is sandwiched on today's show by George LaRock, who comes up at 135. We had Louis DeBrusque on uh, prior to, and uh, without further ado off to the river Cree resort casino hotline and uh, we welcome back to the show longtime nhl executive uh, now a, a lead analyst for nhl hockey and rogers and sportsnet brian burke fork and our friends at canadian power pack how you doing brian Good, Bob. How are you? Not bad. Uh, we'll have a little bit of fun first uh, before we get into some more serious stuff. Uh, teeth. Louis and me were having a little bit of a conversation on uh, teeth. Uh, Minor. Well, let's just say I worked up north for a long time, and uh, uh, sometimes there wasn't fluoride. But uh, So I, I have them break sometimes when I have, like, uh, a blue whale or one of those uh, what are they, Swedish berries or something like that, and uh, the rest of the media contingent have some chuckles with me. I've never had one knocked out in a fight, though I have lost fights before. Uh, I'm just wondering, during your playing days, either in college or when you played minor pro, uh, did you have any teeth catastrophes along the way? I lost only one tooth. Um, it's a miracle that I didn't lose more, but I lost a lower left tooth. I was playing in... Um, when I was playing in the American League, and Mike Polich hit me, and um, cheap shot. We had a little running battle going through that game, and uh, busted off a, a tooth. That's the only one ever. I never lost one in a fight. Did you ever give him the stick and let him know you're there afterwards, or was there a, retal- a retaliatory uh, shot the next time you played him, or anything like that? Yeah, no, I got even with him, but it, that same. <laughs> that, that was that was one of the. Uh, so I got. I, I was tied up with him at center ice. Same game, and he tried to slew foot me. I had the puck, which is a rarity, and he tried to slew foot me from the side. So I got mad and I threw him over my leg instead. I slew footed him. 
but I did a two I did a two hard and I cartwheeled them and a skate came right at my face and I ducked sideways and a skate went right into my ear instead so I had to get I don't know 15 18 stitches I forget how many and they had to put the stitches in with the forceps because go through the cartilage in my ear and they said been a half inch higher or lower you would have lost your ear well the guy would not the team doctor would not sew me up without novocaine so it took the whole this is like the first shift of the game second shift of the game so there's a minute left in the period and i skate out to finish the period and the other team it was uh halifax they're all jawing at me like you idiot there's only a minute left in the period you're not even going to get on the ice again why didn't you just wait (laughs) so they're barking at me for coming out with a minute to go i was a rookie though i figured i better get back out there We've got. I mean, that's the thing. You know, we often talk about the doctors, uh, but dentists play a critical role for these hockey teams, don't they? Yeah, oh, for sure. And um, and it's all about getting the guy back out on the ice. Like you know, when I was playing at Providence for Lou Amarillo, I got a bad cut on my forehead, and the doctor put in three stitches to close it. And I went right back out. Didn't miss a turn on the ice. No Novocaine. Then after the game, he put in fifteen. He took out the three and put in fifteen. Now, this is two hours later, big swollen egg on my forehead. Those stitches hurt. Like, usually they do it right away with no Novocaine, and you can't feel it, right? You just, just got cut. And it's, but uh, those ones hurt. It was two hours later, and I had big egg, and uh, that, that was painful. I got told stories, and I, I'm, I'm thinking it might have been Rocky Mays, who ended up being a member of the EPS here at Edmonton, but uh, he was a former Edmonton Oil King. I, for some reason, I thought it was him in the old Southern Pro League that the, the dentist wasn't there, and he got, he got butt-ended in the face and knocked a bunch of teeth out. And so the boys just got him liquored up that night, and he <laughs> went right through until he saw the dentist at 8 in the morning. I mean, obviously, it's not like that in the National Hockey League. It's not like that in the American Hockey League, but uh, I'm going to assume we've come along way in those kind of regards over the last 25 30 years brian yeah they, uh, they still uh, most of the players still don't get novocaine when they get stitched up though they just want to get back out there so uh, i don't know anyone that would let a doctor shoot them up to do you know five or ten stitches i i can't yeah. never seen it i don't think i'm i never even seen an needle on the on the suture tray the doctor has the kit laid out before the game with a suture tray there's no there's no novocaine on the tray I remember when uh, Taylor Hall got stepped on, he wasn't wearing a helmet in the pregame warm-up, and he lost his balance, sort of picked and careened into the boards. And Corey Potter, who many thought had heavy feet to begin with, uh, clattered into him and got a piece of him. And uh, I could not believe how good of a job uh, the docs in Columbus did sewing him up afterwards. Like, you couldn't even tell in about uh, six weeks after that he'd had. Like, it was was a little bit scary there. You know, it was unsettling for the team. And that's in a warm-up. Like, that... we also had, I think it was Rhino, I'm thinking it's Rhino Murr on our farm team. He's part of the Canadian World Junior team. He came over in the Ryan Smith trade to the Islanders, uh, and he he got run into by another one of the uh, players down in Springfield, the Oilers farm team, and got knocked, you know what, out cold. <laughs> you know, in pre-game warm-up, you're like, talk about friendly fire. Like, it's bad enough you got to worry about, do you ever have something like that where one of your own guys took out one of your guys when you're either managing or playing? Well, that, I remember Taylor Hall's injury, and that's why my I made my players wear helmets in the warm-up. It was not optional. I, I told him, I said, you, you, you go out without a helmet, you may as well take your stuff off because you're not playing. Yeah. And uh, I thought they did a great job sewing sewing up Taylor Hall. Like you can't, you see him today, you can't even tell he was a, a horrible guest like that. You can barely see the scar. Yeah. 
Awesome stuff. All right, let's get to uh, the here and now. And uh, I know, uh, you know, it, we're, we're watching and monitoring. Um, do you have any reason to believe, now that it has gone through from the committee that worked on the return to play and on the CBA from the NHL and the NHLPA, and it's been passed forward by the 31 player reps for the respective teams, do you have any reason to believe that the players will not ratify this uh, return to play and contract extension? No. What do you think the vote's going to be? Overwhelming in favor. I, this is, I will tell you, I think the players made a really good deal because the numbers don't add up. You and I have talked about this frequently. Yes. Flat cap, flat cap at 81.5, uh, 10% deferral and a 20% cap on escrow. Well, the escrow is going to be closer to 40% this year. And so the, the cap at 20, that's, that's gone. So the players effectively are taking a 30% pay cut for this year. But the flat cap for 81.5 for next year, I, I don't understand it. I don't know where this money's going to come from. And so the, the owners have the Seattle expansion money, which is about $20 million a team. Um, and then I think they're betting on a vaccine, and they're betting in two years that Gary does a new U.S. TV deal that there will be a lot of money. But otherwise, these numbers don't add up. And it's like the owners are saying, okay, it's a tough time. We'll carry you guys. We'll keep the cap at 81.5. We'll cap escrow. But the numbers don't add up for me. Now, they'll make the players skip their last paycheck, which uh, is 100, about $125 million, I think, $150 million, that goes back into this money that they owe the owners. Um, and they'll sell some TV rights around this tournament that's coming up because uh, yep. the, the rights holders aren't going to carry all the games, so they'll, they'll make some ancillary revenue that way. But the numbers still don't add up to me. So uh, I think the players should ratify it because I think it could be a lot worse news that they're voting on. Uh, is there any chance? I mean, look, we all we all know Gary Bettman has tremendous respect from the owners around the league. Uh, they only need fifty one percent as well. There's no way the owners don't accept what Gary's put forward here, is there? No. When 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 Gary puts something to a vote, it's like elections in Chicago in the nineteen sixties. <laughs> you, 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 they could they could tell which each precinct was going to vote, and um, no, it, it, Gary has the full backing of the executive committee. This will pass easily on both sides, is my in, in my opinion. Um, but again, I, I am baffled about how you're going to make this work with the money that's committed. I thought we'd see a, a across the board rollback in wages and a, a decrease in the cap for this year and next year. Um, I think the cap will stay flat for five years. Is what I think. So it'd be eighty-one point five. Uh, how old were you when the Democratic National Convention took place in nineteen sixty-eight? Do you remember that? Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I I had moved to Boston right about then. Uh, we moved and lived in Boston for one year before we moved to Minnesota. But uh, so I had left Chicago. I lived in Chicago from nineteen sixty till about sixty-six. I guess sixty-six. I know CNN had uh, 1968 on a couple of weeks ago, and then I also watched all of the uh, uh, Bobby Kennedy for President uh, documentary that was on Netflix. And uh, obviously part of the response from a lot of the younger people with uh, that convention that year had to do immediately following the assassination of uh, RFK. So pretty interesting stuff, Brian, let me tell you, to watch that and to think that some of the societal issues we have today, they had back then as well. We thought maybe we'd move further along. That's for another conversation at another time. Um, all right. Should there have been an amnesty buyout or would that have been too player friendly as well? No, this is very player-friendly. I don't think there should have been any buyouts at all. 
I think you'll see an increased buyout. So I think teams before would say, okay, to spend $4 million and only pick up $2 million in cap space isn't worth it. So we're just going to pay this player out. I think now with teams as tight as they are, you will see more buyouts because of that cap space, that little sliver of cap space will become more important. And I think you'll see a couple offer sheets. There are a couple teams that absolutely will not be able to mass an offer sheet offer sheets. Well, we had one last year, right? We have Jerry Johansson on the show about once a month, and he was part of a, a significant offer sheet for Sebastian Ajo, right, from the Montreal yeah. Canadiens. So you think there could be another one coming then? I think a couple. There, there are teams that are literally right up against the cap, and some that have penalties for bonuses that were paid to entry-level players. Um, there would be a couple teams that are absolutely not in a position to match an offer sheet. Um, hmm. Any specific players, you think, off the top of your head? Well, I think you can, if, if you look at capfriendly.com, you can identify yeah. the teams that have a couple significant restricted free agents right. and no cap space. There you go. Uh, th- they did put a provision in the new CBA, Brian, about the fact that organizations can spread the bonuses over the next couple of seasons to ease the pain a bit. Your thoughts on that? Well, I think they should have addressed the bonus issue entirely. Like, this is like ugly shoes, Bob. Remember the analogy I used? Yes. When, when, you, yes. When, you, when you criticize something, they've done a great job with this. This is a phenomenal document. And at a time when they needed to be creative and flexible, they were. And they did it with minimal fanfare, no public discussion, no bitterness or rancor. Uh, I am really impressed. So when you complain about one small thing, it's like I say to you, hey, there's a beautiful woman. And you say, yeah, but she's wearing ugly shoes. Nobody ever says that. So this is ugly shoes. But the signing bonus issue really troubles me. And I don't know why the union tolerates it. So three percent of the players in the league, the guys that need at least get lockout protection and get all their money in July, it doesn't make any sense to me why the rank and file put up with it. Yeah, interesting stuff. Uh, just regarding uh, uh, a beautiful woman, uh, usually they're not looking my way. I, I convinced one and fooled her, and that's been that. So there you have it, Brian. All right, uh, one final one here for you. Uh, and I know you're watching and monitoring things, and we do updates every day on this show at 12:10. What's going on with COVID? We had a bit of an outbreak at the Misericordia, Brian. There's only four people in ICU in Edmonton out of 150 possible beds that the province initially set aside in Edmonton. Um, we did have a couple people pass away, which brought us uh, a couple days ago, which brought us to a total of 17 uh, over the four months, which is minuscule concerned, con- uh, compared to virtually every other market. Um, but are you concerned? Because you know the states well. Are you concerned that we might, you know, we, we've, the the soccer has lost two teams now. They've lost Dallas and they've lost Nashville in this MLS uh, playdown that they're taking place in Florida with. Any concerns that we have? Like, is it possible a team doesn't make it here? Or what would the league do in that situation? Well, I think the next two weeks are critical. Like, players have to be very disciplined. Well, I'm not worried about once they get to the bubbles. I really think the league's thought of everything there. But the positive tests the next two weeks are are definitely the, the big fear in regular training camp because the players are not in a controlled environment. Uh, you can't stop at McDonald's on your way home. You can't stop and have a couple beers at the pub on your way home. you got to go right home. And teams that, that are successful in seeing this through and winning a Stanley Cup or getting in the finals or whatever are ha- going to have to be disciplined these next two weeks. They've got to get to the bubble 
with no positive tests or one positive test, say. And if they don't do that, they're in trouble. So the next two weeks will determine the, the fate of this experiment, if you will. And players need to be very disciplined right now. This is the time the GMs I talked to in the last couple of days, this is the time they're dreading most, not the bubble. Uh, you worked in Vancouver. You worked in Calgary. You certainly understand the Battle of Alberta. Uh, you understand what it's like. But maybe you could educate our listeners here on what, because some people would say, well, I don't agree with Edmonton hosting this hub city. It doesn't make a significant economic impact, which, you know, it, it is going to make some e- economic impact. But is it advertising that Edmonton and the province of Alberta can't buy by having, you know, three games a day out of here for the first week and, and two day, two games? a day for uh you know four weeks and then potentially based on reports uh the the championship series for the two respective conferences and the stanley cup final can you buy that advertising with the constant mentioning of edmonton and the scenics from edmonton during the summer and that sort of thing no and if people can't see the value of this why do you think people tried so hard to get this tournament in edmonton because of the value, there's no windfall, economic windfall to the Edmonton Oilers. It'll probably cost them money. But for the length of this tournament, they haven't said that the finals will be in Edmonton, I think, officially, but that they're going to be. For the length of this tournament, every TV crew from around the world is going to be outside Rogers Arena saying, here we are in lovely downtown Edmonton. Now, I got news for you. Edmonton's a great city, but the visuals in December and January are not good. It's dark right. at 3 o'clock. It's freezing cold. Now they're going to see a side of Edmonton they haven't seen before, and it will drive some tourism and make people think well of the city. I think it's fantastic. Brian, as always, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us on Oilers Now. Okay. Thank you, Bob. You bet. It is 122 in Edmonton. Truculent Thursdays in Oilers Now will continue. George LaRock coming up at 135. I'll give you a bit of an update on my mandatory mask rule indoors. I, I only ran the... Uh the vote for three hours and I'll give you some feedback on that uh, when we return on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Alright, it's 125 in Edmonton. Welcome back. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Edmonton owned and operated. Open from Wednesday through Sunday from 5 p.m. until close. Head down to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor. The, the staff at Roos Chris that Oilers now sent you. So, uh, put a poll out today. It was really simple. And the poll went, uh, ran for a total of three hours. Okay? Should Edmonton have a mandatory mask rule indoors? Uh, 2,991 people voted. 63% say yes. 37% say no. So there's there's the numbers for you. Uh, one of the comments was, just let the uh, medical professionals make the decision for us, Bob. And you know what? I think there's a lot of confidence out there in Dr. Dina Hinshaw. All right, truculent Thursdays, and uh, I'm in an F-150 truck, courtesy of the folks at Brent Ridge Ford. Out in Wetaskiwin, where cars cost less in Wetaskiwin. Standing customer service is also a key to doing business as well in the province of Alberta. You know that. Brent Ridge Ford in Wetaskiwin is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. They'll provide you with outstanding service at the time of the purchase and will continue that standard of service after the sale as well. So let Uncle Milt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand by calling 1-877-477-3673 or go online at brentridge.com. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Again, you can text us at any 
anytime on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. And former defenseman Mark uh, <laughs> uh, has said, Bob, I regrettably missed yesterday's show. Well, some might say that's a good thing some days. Uh, at the end of Tuesday's show, I sent in a text to you and commented about RNH's new contract negotiation and equaled it with Duncan Keith in Chicago. I believe given uh, what will more than likely happen with a cap and that it's going to be uh, flat, uh, UFAs like RNH will go for one-year terms. The reason I say this is because of the Duncan Keith contract. The cap went up substantially after he signed that contract. At the time, it was a good contract for him. As it turned out, he left millions on the table. I believe RNH will sign a one-year extension and could continue to do so until the cap gets back to where it is. I think he could have gotten six and a half or seven and a half million on a five-year extension. If the cap drops, uh, you know, to fifty uh, or f- fifty million. To, well, the cap's not dropping. It's gonna, former defenseman Mark. It's going to be at eighty-one point five. So former defenseman Mark saying if the cap is at fifty million. Nuge would only get 4.8. I think Nuge can get $6 million a year in a $81 million cap. I think he's worth that. Uh, so those are my thoughts, Mark, in terms of the tax. But what do I know? I don't know. Uh, 128 in Edmonton off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, George LaRock when we return in Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.